A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. This is Rob Dicchio, Dead Poor Hitter. Thanks for everyone for joining in. Today, we're going to have uh, just a little special episode with Mr. Phil Dussel, the robot, and Mr. Steve Weimer, uh, two highly successful NFBC fantasy baseball players. Um, yeah, Phil is in the running for the main event overall. He's in first. And Steve Weimer is in second in the draft champions overall, um, which would be his second number, second finish if he finishes there, unless he moves up and takes the first spot. So, um, yeah, just uh, we went through a little breakdown of how their season has gone so far in terms of the standings, in terms of some players that we hit or miss on. And then we went through a little... Um, little snapshot of some players at ADP this year and where we think they might go next year. So we hit on some guys like Aaron Nola, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, uh, Dylan Seas, Robbie Ray, Kyle Tucker, or Luis Robert. We played a little game on Tucker or Robert, Trey Turner or Bichette. And then we go through, uh, and actually we talk about Stalin Marte or Juan Soto. Some interesting conversation. And then we hit on the first round ADP this year, 1 through 15. Um, and we just say yes or no on whether we think they will be back into the main event, not the early draft champions ADP, but the main event ADP next year. So a lot of forecasting, obviously, you know, we're not uh, super ready for those drafts yet, but um, just, you know, just a little hypothetical looking into the future. So hope you enjoy. Boom. All right. Welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast. My name is Rob DiPietro, the dead Poe Hitter. I got some special guests here today. We're going to talk about some fantasy baseball, what's been happening in the year, what can we expect for the rest of the year, and what we're looking at for next year. So my guest today, I got the robot, Mr. Phil Dussel, and I got Mr. Steve Weimer. Steve, do you have a nickname? I, I do not. I know. I've not earned nickname. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think, dreams, Phil, you know. what's that? As I can dream, like one day, maybe I'll have the level of success that, that Phil is reaching, uh, I will warrant a nickname. No, I mean, don't cut yourself short. We got some, uh, you, you're a very successful player yourself. Um, so you guys have had some pretty um, incredible seasons so far. Steve, you're second overall in the draft champions um, on the NFBC. And Phil, you are, are you still in first? I didn't check it today. Yeah, I'm still in first, yeah. All right, but the lead is shortening, right? Yeah, it is. It's down to about 25 points, I think. Uh, so now, how was... do you guys feel right now? Do you guys feel like an immense like uh, weight on your shoulder, 
um, you know, tell me how you feel. Cause I went through it last year for the last like couple of weeks. And because I was so new to NFBC and how points shift and whatnot, I didn't know really what to expect. So are you guys like, you know, do you have like a projected stat? Like, how are you looking at things right now? Are you like just letting it go or you really want to know every possible way you could move up or down? Um, we, we, we talk in, in, a, in a chat and you, you've seen my ups and downs and emotions for the past <laughs> 10 weeks or so. There's some weeks where um, I'm feeling good about the team. Other weeks where I'm just getting really nervous where if he catches, he at one point I was up about 300 points. And like when my lead went down from like 300 to 200, it was like the end of the world. I was like freaking out. Um, but now I'm sort of the place where all my teams across my, all the, all the contests I'm doing, are all doing well. So I've sort of just trying to let go of the overall, even if I, if I finish second, it'll be fine. Um, trying to take some of the pressure off and um, just whatever happens, happens. And that's how I feel today. But next week I might be freaking out again. So <laughs> it's just a roller coaster of emotions and uh, trying to enjoy it as much as I can. Cause I know it's, it, it being being first for such a long time is it going to happen every year and even being in, in contention is is tough so uh, i'm just trying to enjoy it and uh we'll see what happens well that's a stark difference from i remember when we first started talking and you were like my goal is to win the main event overall i'm like you were pretty clear on it now i wanted to know like if if you weren't doing that well in your other leagues like would you be pressing more like i i definitely need to win the like overall because i know you're you know you're killing it across everything else so that that kind of like ease into like i'm okay with second if it happens yeah um if if, if like this team was the only team that was cashing and I'd be like, well, second overall, I'll make a little money. And then first I'll make a ton of money. Um, then, yeah, I'd be a lot more nervous about it. Now, just the way everything's working out, I know I'll make more and more money than I expected when the year started. So um, if I get the 150, then it'll be awesome, of course. And, and on top of that, the title of winning an overall um, has been my goal since oh, I think everyone's goal. Um, yeah. I know you got it in, in your first year in, F, in the NFBC, but some people play for 10 years and never get it. So <laughs> I'm going to play for another 10 and never get it. I know that. <laughs> oh, that's definitely, definitely going to happen. Steve, how are you feeling? Um, what, what is the, is your lead um, that you have to make up to come in first? Looks like about 200 points. I'm reading it right. Uh, I haven't worried too much about the overall yet. I think it's pretty unlikely in the DCs. You know, there's so many points, there's so many teams, a lot still move around. Um, my team's kind of in the position where the only place I'm really going to make up a lot of points is saves, and I'm just not going to get many. Other like all I have is the Hendrix. Um, so it's just not a like I'd be happy with second or third. Really, I think it's pretty unlikely um, that I move up. It's possible. Like if I if we get to like two weeks away and I'm still this close, then you know maybe a little bit here or there on the different categories. Um, could make up the difference, but right now I'm thinking I'll probably just be happy to, to finish in the top three. And you came so, in second once before, right? Overall? Yeah, yeah second overall, 2018 probably. And that was closer. That came down to the last day. So that was definitely a lot more nerve-wracking. Um, and if I can get there this year, I'll be, I'll be happy. But I think I think uh, Alonia is probably going to run away with this. Um, he's been increasing his lead pretty pretty steadily. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's uh, that, that's really impressive. Uh, second overall once before, and you're right there again. Um, 
I'm with the same thing with you with saves right now in the draft champion. The team that's 30th, and I think I have 500 save points. <laughs> I think like if, if I just had like eight more saves, I'd be in the top 10, but uh, whatever. If that's Jordan Hicks's fault, then we're not going to talk about that, that, that anymore. But um, so um, I wanted to talk about like, you know, how, how your season has gone in like either in the main event um, or draft champions or whatever, uh, you know, like, how did it start? Have you guys been like, um, you know, uh, starting off strong or did you just recently, you know, make a run in your leagues? How had the ebb and flow, uh, flow go gone for you guys? And um, what are we realistically looking at for the rest of the season? Um, and tell us how, like, maybe you're attacking these last couple of weeks. I think we have what five weeks left of baseball and um at the sad time. So we'll be doing draft champions in what, uh, eight weeks. Yeah. Fun. Good stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I don't know who, who wants to go first. Uh, Steve, Phil, just, I don't know, just take us through a journey of your team so far. Go ahead, Phil. All right. Um, yeah, my, my, uh, I think that my best main, I think I've been at the top for probably 10 weeks or so now. Um, and that team actually, I actually sort of learned it in um, Todd's article uh, this week or last week. It's been in first since April fifteenth, I think, in my league. Um, and overall, my mains, my mains, and even the auction, I've been at the top for for a while now. Um, my players started off well, and it's been uh, managed to stay up there. Um, realistically, like I said, the 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 main I'm thinking first or second, uh, the way the categories are lined up, Tyler Jung isn't that far behind, but, um, I can make up ground in saves and I've got five closers, right? Uh, four or five closers now. Um, and Emmett who's in, in second, uh, can make up some ground in, in wins in case. So, um, I think we're, we're probably going to separate a little bit from Tyler. Um, obviously anything can change, but just the way the categories are lined up, it's easier for us to, to gain points than it is for, for, for him. Um, the other team that's been doing well is the, the auction championship. I'm also on first and that one's going to be battled to the end with, uh, with John Posma and some others. And then the, the OC, um, in the past, I think three or four weeks, I've probably moved up from 80th up to fifth overall. Uh, just right now, it's been a crazy streak of pitching, um, sub three ERA for, for a while now. And that's where I can make up the most ground. So, um, I don't think I have the team to catch up to, to Curtis Jones, but um, it'd be fun to uh, get up there and scare, scare him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's some ride. Yeah. There I, think um, I was 3000 points back probably five weeks ago and now I'm about a thousand points back. So um, I've got that lead quite a bit, but the last thousand points are the hardest to, to gain. Um, so um, I don't know. There, there's, there's hope that team's kind of been more fun that the main is stressful because when you're at the top you don't want to drop and you sort of expect to stay up there um that team i didn't i didn't expect anything from it so i was behind and now i'm sort of just not expecting anything and if something comes out of it then great if not then it seems there's I let the, the underdog role is um it's kind of fun just no pressure and enjoy the hot streak and um so um yeah. You were telling us something um, in our chat about the percentage of points that you um, that you and Emmett 
are in the range of getting and like it would be explain that to me i think um i don't want to get it wrong the highest percentage of points ever i think in a main event was 93.2 percent um and that was uh abdul madani i think two years ago um and that would add up to six thousand points this year or six thousand and ten points um and now i'm at six thousand and eight and emmett's at 59.83 and I think we're both going to get up close to 6,100. Um, so we're, wow. it looks like we're both going to beat the, the all-time record for percentage of points. Um, and even in any year, I think no one with more than 90% of points has ever not won the overall main. Um, wow. And that would be about 58-50 this year. And now we're both well ahead of that. So um, we're both having amazing seasons. Both our teams are great, and one of us is going to finish, finish second, <laughs> which kind of sucks, but um, it is what it is. Um, the, the number of, of, of teams does impact that a little bit, so there's more teams this year than there's ever been, so it's easier to have higher percentage of points, um, just the way that the stats line up, but um, even the OC right now is at around 91% with, um, I think, 2,000, like 2,500 teams, so uh, we're, we're both ahead of that as well. So, um, it's not just something about 2021 being weird or just the number of teams. It's just, we're both doing really well. Um, and it's, it's going to be close and it's going to be fun. (laughs) That's fascinating. Well, I'm definitely rooting for you, buddy. Um, Steve, let's talk about, um, let's talk about your main event teams first. How are you doing in your two mains this year? In second and one, that's, I don't think I want to jinx it, but it, it's pretty solid. I think, I'm not sure exactly, but like at least 10 points behind first place and eight or 10 points ahead of third place. So, you know, just try to maintain that at this point. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I think I'm down to like six or so. That was a, a bad team all year, but it kind of hung on for a while. It was within striking distance for a few months, but just the hitting's been terrible. So with that one, I'm just trying to annoy the people at the top. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's... Slack and sack it, and Christopher Torres are battling it out. So I don't really know who needs what category, but I just want to piss one of them off by like, you know, taking surpassing them as saves or, or homers or something, and also like you know get a respectable overall finish, but mostly just annoy them um, is my goal on that one. Yeah, so that was that was disappointing. That was a bad team, um, like I said from the start, but you know, still still working at it, still grinding out. Um, yeah, you gotta still uh, grind it out. It's fun. Um, let's talk about some, let's talk about some, some of your, um, like hits and misses, uh, player wise, uh, maybe of your main event year, um, Steve, why don't you give me a guy, um, maybe that, you know, that you were kind of big on that's been helping you out and a guy that you maybe thought was going to give you, uh, a little more than what he's gotten for you so far this year. Um, the obvious answer is. Kyle Hendricks, uh, <laughs> I fell into the trap of drafting him in both mains, which wasn't part of the plan. Um, but I, I convinced myself that his kind of ratios and volume would be pretty valuable um, coming off the short season. So I, I assume he's got some volume, but you know, it's been terrible. Well, sorry, it's been, it's been bad relative to expectations, um, but he's also just really hard to time. I feel like, you know, a lot of his good starts have been in my bench. So I haven't looked at it, but I'm sure I'm not, I'm not getting the best of him. Um, yeah, so he's, that's, 
that's one that stands out because on both teams. Um, yeah, that my bad team started focusing pitchers and then uh, or was it Darvish, Mondesi, Osuna, or Ozuna? Sorry, wow. that was that was that was also a bad. Like I knew it was a risky strategy, but you know the, the wasn't smart to take the risk and the, the risk that, that I foresaw has, has come to pass. So, but I had to convince myself like Magnesi and Azuna, you know, the, the projections average them out. It's like two first round players. I mean, you could get uh, upper percentile performances out of them, but that is not the case either. But, you know, Magnesi's back. He's going to go crazy for a few Did weeks. Did you keep him the whole time? Yeah, still got yeah. him. And that'll help me to, like I said, um, annoy and piss off some of the teams that yeah. are ahead of me in the standings. <laughs> Um, how much fab do you have left, Steve, in, in those leagues? Under 100. Um, I've been spending pretty freely the last few weeks. I got into a position like, you know, about a month ago where I had more than all the teams that were still kind of competing. Got it. And, I've, and I've used it up. Now it's 69 and one and 45 and another, but that's good for third most in one league and uh, third most in the other. So, wow. Cool. Yeah. So it's still still a healthy amount left to um to make some noise there. Phil, what about you? What's your um give me a guy that uh you know you were strong on that's uh been giving you everything you thought it was gonna give you. Um, so I just want to clarify. So you asked me like the mistake, right? Like who's the person that you drafted that's been terrible? And you give Phil the question. Oh, I asked you both. <laughs> that, did that, you makes not him, ask? that makes him look good. As if wait, wait. More help. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't give. I didn't let you talk about your hit. I didn't let you talk. <laughs> yeah, about no, no, no. I'm, I'm just. I'm just kidding. It's totally fine. It's just. It's just kind of funny. Talk yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back. Robbie Ray is probably the one I'm, I'm the most proud of. Um, there's also Robbie Ray. I got in, in a bunch of leagues. I like them really early even before the, the preseason um the spring training stuff um logan webb's another one i got really late a bunch of leagues and he's been awesome um the one i'm actually most proud of i think is actually carlos rodon um i mean i have my system i stick to it for everything um with rodon i had him lower in my system but i actually had zero shares but in my in the last May drafted which is the one that's first overall and we spoke about this, Rob, I think probably the day before the draft. And I'm like, Dylan sees his ADP is going way up because he's Ethan Katz's project. And Ethan Katz is awesome. He fixed Gili. He fixed Gilito. He's going to fix C's. But no, one's was t- no one was talking about Rodon. So I'm like, well, why not Carlos Rodon? Um, he's sort of the same hype prospect that never worked out. But with a fix, he could figure things out if he stays healthy. Um, and then in that last main, he slipped, um, I think 15 picks or 20 packs, picks past ADP. Um, and I drafted him and it worked out really well. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of proud of it. Cause for me to go away from my system is a big thing. And I usually just stick with it. Uh, but in, in his case, he was lower. He's not the guy I would have drafted if I, if I stuck with my system. Um, but I, I tried something different and especially that late, it, I, I thought I could, uh, do something a little different and it uh it worked out pretty well so the um, robot has a gut too Interesting. yeah 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 all right <laughs> and I'll, just... I'll give you the misses as well because there were a bunch of them mainly on the hitting on the hitting side um nick solak alec bohm and ian hap were the three 
um, biggest ones that I had on a bunch of teams on some DCs um, and none of them really worked out. Um, Nick Solak, I'm hoping he has a September. Uh, September to remember. Yeah, especially on some DCs where uh, I think I had Bowman. Bowman got sent down and he's giving me nothing. So having a random guy like Solak come back up and give you something when you, th when you thought he was done um, can uh, can be can be can make the difference in a DC. Yeah, definitely. It's like he's getting called up all over again. Yeah, yeah. Steve, give me the guy you hit on. Steve, give me all of that. No one. There's no one. <laughs> no <about>. one. <laughs> um, like Do you have a Carlos Rodon s call from deep deep no. in the? No. Nope. That's not. That's not how I. That's not how I roll. Um, I when I find success, it's by just kind of getting playing time um, and finding up the counting stats. So a lot of my hits are like Robbie Grossman. Mark Hanha, Yuli Gurriel, uh, Jorge Polanco, um, Cesar Hernandez, you know, all those boring vets um, that slip to you and allow you to get the pitching early um, when you don't have to take a shot or, or have the foresight or the insight to, to pick up Carlos Rodon, who I didn't get anywhere. Like, so I just draft the early obvious pitchers, um, hope that they, they you know, give solid ratios and Ks and then just pile up those veteran hitters later. So right. nothing... Nothing too exciting. Boring is beautiful, as you told me uh, mm -hmm. when you came on my podcast the first time. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to help you out, Steve. I, I just pulled up one of your mains. Um, you've got Mark Hania around 17, or Hippolanko 18. We'll skip Keiko in 19. Uh, but then Grossman around 20, Yuli Gurriel around 21, and Cesar Hernandez around 22. That's a crazy run. That's a great run. Yeah. And and to not have to make fab off those round guys, you know, like they stayed in your lineup the whole year. That's fascinating. Knowing the market, you know. Yes. And I also like, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm just trying to think of a non-self-insulting way to put this, but like I pay attention to what better players do. So when I saw that a lot of good players were taking Robbie Ray um in their early mains, I didn't take him in my first main, but I took him in my second. Um, like I had a spreadsheet and, and I took notes on who was taking who and, and paid attention and looking into them. Um, so it wasn't enough to, to, to save that team, but I did get Robbie Ray on one team and actually picked him up in, in free agency in the other one also. So it's like secondhand, um, secondhand insights, right? So at least know who to pay attention to um, and get right. on the, the hot players that way, or the, the big breakouts. And know which podcast to listen to. Boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what 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 has been your um, uh, Steve? Let's start with you. What has been your biggest fab acquisition of the year in terms of dollar value? And then what's been like the amount you paid for him? And then what's been your biggest um, grab, um, like impact wise? Because it might so not impact, be the same guy. Right? Impact definitely Robbie Ray in that first main. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that most I paid for anyone in either was Manoa. Um, I want to say 268. So that's right. been, that's, that's worked out, um, I think, pretty well. That has. Yeah. And I'm, I'm usually pretty conservative um, with the bad budget, but I think that was a point. I forget. I might have had a couple of injuries or something. It just seemed like I really needed uh, another pitcher there. So I went pretty big for him. Yeah, that was my big guy too. Manoa in the two sixties as well, and Eloy um, when he came back, which was huge. Uh, 
I I think I was telling you guys I didn't think I was gonna get that bid, but I did. And uh, you know, he'd been pretty much doing what I thought um, he was gonna help me do. So can't be uh, gotta be happy about that. But I know it too. I know it was a uh, I, I I changed changed this, his price at the last minute, and I was on vacation and I was in a hot tub and you know having a great time. And uh, I just like grabbed my phone. I'm like pounding the numbers like 260 let's do it <laughs> and uh the next morning i woke up and i'm like i really i really did that <laughs> eh, hope it doesn't suck but uh what are you gonna do that's what happens when you're enjoying <laughs> you're enjoying life it takes on it, it it leaks into fab sometimes but uh at least i did it at least i did fab but anyway um Phil, what was your biggest uh grab money wise and impact wise Money-wise, it was a tie. Uh, Robbie Grossman, 117, and Keston here for the same price. Uh, one worked out, one didn't. <laughs> right. Keston here was the, this, the, when he got sent down and got called back up, I think, in June. And that team was low on power, so I figured I'd, I'd never get a, a higher power upside guy um, than him available. And, and obviously, it was a flop. Um but that's been kind of my, I don't even think I had bids higher than, than 117 all year. That's kind of my strategy. Just a bunch of bids between, mainly between about 30 and 90 bucks. Um, just trying to take as many shots as possible. Um, my best ad was by far Joey Votto. Um, he got hurt on May 5th. On May 9th and May 16th, he got dropped into my mains. And then on May 23rd, I picked him up in both of those uh, for 28 bucks with a backup of 10. Um, that was in the, in the one that's first overall. Um, and then since then, he's hit 289 with, uh, with 23 home runs. Damn. So wow. without that, he sat on my bench for two weeks, but I think it was worth the wait. And it's, it, it, I, 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 I knew I picked him up. I forgot it was on that team. And... Like if I don't make that pickup, I'm not for Silver right now. Right. So, um, and even looking back at, I mean, I made I made a bunch of awful bids on that team, but um, it only takes one or two like that um, to make to make a big difference. And that, that one really worked out. Yeah, he's been huge. I have him on my first main, and I didn't drop him. And um, like I'm have I'm first in in my league and in, in hitting points was 64, but I feel like if I would have gotten rid of him and like lost him and never got him back, uh, I wouldn't be sitting as pretty as uh, it, it is right now, but he's been, he's been awesome. Yeah. Definitely, and he, yeah. He, did, he wasn't great in, in, uh, in May, in April and May, but uh, so April and, and beginning of May, but um, just having a guy that, you know, he's playing every single day and hitting third, uh, third or fourth in the lineup in a good park. Um, I thought it was worth waiting the two weeks for, for him. Um, and I, I liked him at the start of the year. I had him on two other teams. So I just picked him up in, in those two extra ones. And yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's been awesome. Um, so it's funny because when um, I, I barely spend time on Twitter anymore, but I know everyone is fond of showing their player shares of, of people that, you know, that have been helping that they were right on quote unquote, right on. Um, but tell me some of the zero player shares that you get just as much satisfaction of, of seeing the guys you own across many leagues. So who have you, who did you pass on completely this year um, across all your teams? And you're like, thank God I did that. Is this the Zach Please Hack segment? 
<laughs> yeah, it could be Zach. Please, Zach, Zach, Mike. Yeah, uh, I mean that was my that was my pitcher answer. My pitcher answer is please, Zach, and my hitter answer is Blaber Torres. I'm so I'm very happy that I have zero of them. Um, I feel like that's a, a big part of, of of being competitive in in leagues is when you don't have you know a bunch of shares of guys across the league that you know that have really hampered you down. Um, mine that there's two, uh, Yelich and Bellinger, um, and Yelich, we actually talked about in preseason. I kind of liked him. Um, but then when the Brewers signed, uh, Jackie Bradley, um, I just bumped down his playing time a little bit. Um, it just seemed not iffy, but it, it, it seemed like they're bringing an extra guy and everyone assumed that Yelich would play every day and that his, his, his back was fine. And, um, Maybe that's not the reason he's struggling this year. I don't know. Um, maybe it was just luck, but it, it just, when I get a guy in the first round, I want him to play 155, 260 games. And yep. it just seemed with that signing that maybe there's a chance he's going to sit once a week or once every 10 days or something like that and just end up with 140, 50, 45, 50 games. So it's just enough to bump down his plate appearances by maybe from 650 to 590. Um, and so maybe it was just luck because that's probably not the only reason he struggled, but um, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm, I made that little, th- that little yeah. move. Uh, and Bellinger was another guy I kind of liked, uh, but then I moved down uh, to the injury in spring training. Um, and again, um, that one was probably just luck because I don't think that he, he seemed healthy when, when the year started. He's just been terrible and then got more injuries. Um, so I think they're two guys, especially early in, early in the draft, I try to diversify. So um, they're guys that I easily could have ended up with uh, if the draft fell that way. Uh, but luckily it didn't. And uh, I don't have either, either of them anywhere. It, it, it's crazy with Ballinger to see like a former MVP just hitting eighth. You know, I know it's a full team. It's a good team, but it's, you know, Max E. Max EV is it, down four miles per hour. So he's clearly not, you know, healthy because, um, you know, th- those are big differences in, in striking the ball, you know. Um, Steve, what do you, um, who are you happy that you didn't draft this year? So I, I have four hitters on my list. Three of them were Yelich, Bellinger, and Glaber. Um, so <laughs> on the same page there, I never understood Glaber's. Um, the other one is uh, Seager, Corey Seager. Again, there's a lot of just luck, like with him being injured, but right. um, he was a, a bright red on my spreadsheet, which is like you know, terrible value relative ADP, the way I, I format it. Um, and I didn't get him anywhere. On the pitching side, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm really glad I don't have Bauer. I didn't want to draft Bauer because I didn't want to root for him. And it turns out that was a good call. Right. <laughs> that, that would have been a, a tough decision, I guess, whether to drop him. But uh, yeah, that's the one that stood out. Yeah, there. And w- one thing I want to add about that, when we talk, I was talking about like Yelich and Ballinger in early picks. Um, it's kind of one of the reasons I try to diversify early, and then the guys I like late, then I'll get in a bunch of leagues. But um, if you get one of those guys on your team, it's hard to win an overall. Um, and sometimes you can't expect it. Like sometimes it can just be an injury. It can just be something you don't expect. But I think just by diversifying early. Um, one injury to, or just labor, labor Torres just being horrible um, isn't going to ruin all your teams at once. Like right. I, I had a bunch of bad calls, like my minor I loved and he's been awful, but and I had him on 
probably more than half my teams, but around pick 250. Um, if in most of them, I dropped them probably in June uh, when I see when I saw it just wasn't working out. So like that kind of pick isn't going to hurt you. But if you have a second, third or fourth round pick on all your teams um, and he struggles, then you're in trouble. And I even um, I talked about Steve's run um, of good picks. Um, looking at my team that's first and Emmett's team that's second. Um, in rounds 16 to 24, I went Ryan McMahon, Chris Taylor, Robbie Ray, Brian Reynolds, Yuli Gurriel, uh, Kiner Falefa, Grichik, Webb, and Rodon. And then Emmett, uh, starting in round 19, went Tyler O'Neill, Adam Duval, Logan Webb, Cedric Mullins, Desclafani, and Mark Melanson. Wow. So, um, especially Emmett, that's like six amazing picks in a row. Um, and that's where, I think that's where leagues are won. You can, you just need average picks early on. Like neither of us has Vlad or Otan, Otani. Um, you can, you can spread the risk early. Just make sure you get average picks guys that stay as healthy as possible. And then in those rounds, that's where you can, you can make up the most ground the rest of the field and you can, you can win leagues that way. Yeah, definitely. Those are a great one. Get deep. Sorry. I was, I remember you, Phil, saying that last offseason, like that you want to take the same player in the first four rounds. I wish you had said five. So I took <laughs> in the fifth round of both of my mates. And I was like, well, you know, you're supposed to diversify in the first four, but this is pick 61. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and take Hendricks here again. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So next, next year, just be a little, uh, a little more specific. With I, the I, I bumped that up to that's five. <laughs> I think really, I mean, I know you're, you're really good, Phil. You, you think a lot about it, but the correct principle is don't take the same player in the first five rounds. Right, um, five rounds. From more than one team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's, um, let's talk about, I want to talk about three pitches here that were closed up in um, ADP. In the main event this year, Aaron Nola, who is um, gone off the board at 19, Max Scherzer off the board at 20, and Walker Bueller up at 22. So um, I think according to the auction calculator, Walker Bueller has returned about 38 bucks, Max Scherzer 35, and Aaron Nola nine. Um, so I wanted to know uh, if you had shares of these guys. Um, figure like this this was uh i don't have any luis castillo this year most of my um i pivoted to max scherzer most of the time at that pick um but tell me about where you feel like these guys are going next year as well i kind of want to gauge where you think um these pitchers will find themselves in next year's drafts a little forecasting um, I had uh, one Bueller um, max probably in two or three leagues, especially in DCs. And then Nola, I didn't have any of. Um, Nola, I mean, I, anything I'm going to say about next year is just my opinion right now. I have no idea. I haven't figured out my system for next year yet. So um, if, if I say I love Nola and I don't draft him next year, then I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to make things up. <laughs> I'm just saying what my opinion right now is, which is likely going to change. But um, I think Noah's going to come in at a discount and I expect I'll have him. Um, I'll have quite a few shares because his peripherals don't look um, 
look look pretty good. Um, it doesn't seem like anything's changed with him. Uh, just bad results, whether it's bad luck or maybe something technical, his pitches, not locating his pitches or whatever it is. Um, it, it looks like something that can be fixed in the offseason. He's going to bounce back, bounce back next year. And the Phillies are a pretty good team. So um, I'd feel pretty good about him next year, especially at a discount. Um, I'm guessing he probably goes mid to late third, early fourth, maybe. Yeah, um, and at that point, I'm I'm in all day on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like um, you like you said about the peripherals. I mean, just just looking at you know K minus walks, he he's better than Bueller. The Sierra is better than Bueller. Um, just it's just it's just odd. I, I know he's put it in in the air a little bit more. Um, got given up 28 barrels, 21 homers. Um, and I know that he he was using his four seamer a little more. Uh, to try to get more K's. So maybe that led to some more um, balls being lifted in the air. But yeah, like uh, everything looks looks like he shouldn't be having the surface that that he has now, you know? And sometimes it's just sitting down the off season and realizing maybe he's throwing too many fastballs right in the middle or a little too high or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, I'll fix this. He'll work on it for a month and then he'll, he'll be, he'll bounce back next year. Um, sometimes that, that kind of thing. Um, it's hard to fix in season for, for some players, or maybe it's just bad luck. So whatever it is, um, it seems like something that can be fixed. Max, I'm guessing, is, is going to go early second again. He was going late second in, in DCs, and then he looked good in, in spring, so he moved up to early second. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to go around there again. People are going to be worried about, um, about his age, his health, but... Um, yeah. And that's kind of where Verlander went last year. The Scherz is always, even in, in 2020, was going late first or the second. So that seems to be the where, where all good pitchers go. Uh, and then you hope they stay healthy. Bueller is probably going to be talking main event where, where pitchers get pushed up, but probably around pick 10 to 12. Yeah. So where Alito and um, um, Darvish were going in mains, they were started moving up in that range, maybe 12, 13, around there, yeah. All right. Steve, what, are, what do you think about those players next year and their landing spots and um, whether whether or not you like um, – you, you think you think Aaron is going to fall that far? Probably great at thinking that either. Um, I think at least the third. I think it could be a little later, at least with early drafts maybe, um, in the fourth, and that seems like a good, good value for all the reasons you guys said. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know if steamer or rest of season projections or do they take schedule into account? Um, I don't think idea? they do because, like, yeah, just rest of season they've got Nola at three, 339 and Bueller at 376. Yeah. Um, just for ERA, it's like I, yeah, I don't see myself getting a lot of Bueller. Um, if you can get there's like Nola, at least two, maybe three hours later, right? Um yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just like just talking about next year's draft getting me itchy. For uh, I can't wait to draft next year. That's gonna be so much fun. I'm like, I want to get through the, the end of this year just to draft again for next year because it's it's good time. Draft season is is good. I know everyone's talking about football drafts, but I'm thinking about baseball drafts. But uh, um, w- where do you think uh, so we have Robbie Ray and Dylan Cease? They were 
Taylor Teach went off the board at 256, ADP in the main event, and Robbie Ray 260. Um, where do you think uh, Robbie Ray first fits uh, next year? And what round do you think he's going to go in? Steve, you, you want to lead this one off? Fourth round, maybe. Um, yeah. fourth, or, fourth or fifth, early drafts. Depends on where he signs and how he looks. Maybe third round um, come main event. I was thinking, like, looking at last year's ADP, like maybe Lance Lynn's a decent comp. Um, mm. you know, veteran, resurgent. He went 50th. Um, I don't know. As a, as a rough idea. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think Lynn's a good comp. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought of him. I think that's a good one. Yeah, that yeah, makes that is a good sense. Comp. Yeah, absolutely. But man, I, I love Robbie Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I feel like he he he'll be a, a, a strong draft champion pick right off the bat. Um, just like he gets the ball chucks away, like just like Lance Lynn. It's a good. That's actually a great comp. Uh, uh, I don't like that. Do you think that you're gonna have to? I mean, you can't. You haven't run the system yet, but like the control is going to have to regress, right? You imagine, yeah, you're, yeah, um, yeah. yeah because there's always like when I when the reason I liked him this year was, um, I basically said if he's like last year was just an anomaly, even if he goes back to who he was in 2019, he's a 4.2, 4.3 ERA guy. Who strikes, out, who strikes out a lot of batters and is on a team with a very good offense. So even if he's at that 4.3 ERA around pick 250, um, w- with the Ks and the wins, it was worth the pick. And then the, the big thing was, what if he does fix the walks? Then he can be top 10 pitcher. And that's what happened. Um, next year, the thing is going to be, what if he loses command and the walks go, go back up again? Then he goes back to being worth what he was this year around pick 250. So um, there's, there's the downside with him that um, you probably don't have with um, the Woodruff, the Corbin Burns, who are going to go early than that, the Bueller, um, all those guys like are going to go first and second round. Um, you don't have that downside. So um, I think guys like Robbie Ray, like, um, Kevin Gosman, who's sort of who started out really, uh, really great, is having ups and downs. Um, then you're gonna have someone like Logan Webb, who's amazing, but you're gonna have the the innings risk. Um, who's gonna go probably around, yeah, in that in that second, third tier in, in rounds three to five maybe. Um, Webb seems like to be like a, a, a Corbin Burns last year, where the performance is amazing. Um, but there's a question about can he go 180 innings like like the aces? Um, the other guy talked about Dylan Cease. I'd probably say, um, what was it around pick 120 or so? The the Joe Musgrove, um, Kevin Gosman range this year. Um, kind of like the hyped up guy who strikes out batters is going to be on a good team, and if he puts it all together he can he can make the jump up but we haven't seen it yet um so, yeah he's almost there yeah just missing a little something um too many too many bad starts but a lot of good ones and it has to be more efficient with this with these pitches to go a little deeper into games but um i think around that range picks one yeah 110 130 or so 
Yeah, and that was a pretty um, that was a pretty good range. I remember that's where I was kind of trying to get back in, and, and all those guys were clustered into each other, Musgrove and and Galsman, um, Pablo Lopez maybe a little yeah. bit after that, and uh, yeah, that's probably a good range for him to fall into next year. I think. I think he's ready to take that like one more leap, one more leap. But and you mentioned Logan Webb. I mean, he he's been like a draft champion cheat code. Uh, like five, he was like ADP 500. It was like, I think I had him like four, four, four out of my five DC leagues. Um, he's just been great, you know. Yeah, he was, he was my best DC, actually, my second best DC pick. I got him in round, round 35, Logan Webb. Um, and then my best one was round 44, Wade Miley. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a nice pick. The guy right that no one wanted, and even when you look at his stats right now, you don't know how he's doing it, but um. <laughs> <laughs> he's been amazing for, for around 44 in a DC. It's just, uh, can't, can't, hope, can't expect anything better than, than what he's done. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Uh, Steve, you, who are your uh, big late, late, late round hits post round 30? Well, I'm just one. I'm looking at my teams. I, I need to also adhere to the second half of Phil's principle that don't worry about diversifying uh, later in, in drafts. Right. I did take yeah. them on my, Four of my first five DCs, I took Webb. And at some point, I think I probably just thought, I can't take a lot of everything. I got to take someone else, right? Um, and then I just quit. So that that's a bad decision. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. Webb. Um, I think some of those early, I don't know. Like I get Webb, I get like Brett Anderson everywhere, but there's not been a hit. Right. Um, I just, I mean, what I did earlier was just go through the depth charts and, and find the people are going to get the innings. Um, mm-hmm. and a few of those hand out, and a lot of them haven't, but most of them at least contribute, right? So, like, I'm not burning for for strikeouts anywhere. Like, I, I never run out of pitchers, or anywhere. some people do. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it's just, uh, like I said, more boring. Um, we're boring veterans yeah play but, but mixed up pretty well i i i i you know i think i shared this with you guys um like i feel like sometimes when i get you know even a monday through thursday from like a, a you know 40th round pick like i'll remember that if they did something for me i know Phil really didn't care for what i had to say but uh you know no, I can't. Wait, wait, that's it's those little it's just those little moments for me that's like, oh, yes, like you helped me, you, you know, just this little bit, 48th round pick. They're um, not actually good, but like I've got Daniel Johnson and Anthony Alford. It's like late speed plays on pretty much every DC. And it's been fun the last couple of weeks, like deciding which one to use. Like and the answer is usually neither. Um, Alford hit a home, hit a home yeah. run this week. Yeah. And uh, Johnson got one. I think he stole a base. But yeah, it's like it is yeah. nice when those, those you know, pick over 700 people actually at least get into the the conversation. Yeah, I know. That's good times. I think my favorite part, it's one of my favorite parts of of, of fantasy overall in the NFC is late round pick that contribute even just the slightest to to your team. Um, I got to correct you because you you said I didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) What I said is it's never happened to me. The way I build my DC, I get my hitters early and then my my crappy pitchers late. 
So right. I'll, I'll hit the home runs like the web and, and Miley and most like Miley, I had no interest in in mains. It just happened to be a starter who's going to pitch in, in round 44. So I just grabbed him there. Um, so like, and the way I think the way you talk about it, it's like when you have that hitter who's been in AAA all year and then randomly gets called up in August, you can put him in, in your, in your outfield. Um, I just don't draft hitters that late. So that's why it's never happened to me, but right. I, I do, I do get the feeling. You get the- like, how, like, <laughs> like when I said about Solak, where I just wrote him off, he's gone. And then he suddenly gets called up and I can, I can plug him in my outfield. Um, I, I do get, I, I understand the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let's talk about some batters next right. year. Who are you picking between Kyle Tucker and Luis Robert? Oh, man. Phil, you want to go first? I was team Robert this year. Um, yeah, they were close this year in ADP in the main event. They were 30 and 31. So they were yeah. definitely linked together a lot this year. Probably uh, probably Tucker just because he played all year. And, um, I mean, the health concerns with Robert are going to be mostly gone um, if he stays healthy the rest of the year and plays in the playoffs. But um, I guess just having that Tucker who's played most of the year, I probably feel better about him. Um, funny story about Robert. When, we, um, when I was drafting my second main event, um, Rob, you're with me on yeah. Zoom. Yep. And Bob Silver, I was right? pick, uh, yeah, third round. I was the eighth pick, I think, and Rob was seventh. And no way he's taking this third third outfielder yeah, in a row. Start with was it Trout? Um, was it Yelich in the second? Or he started with two outfielders yeah. and we're they're begging, we're saying no, he's got, he's not gonna take Robert and take a third outfielder. And I wanted Lewis Robert there. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then he took him right in front of me. So I settled for uh, for Raphael Devers, um, and <laughs> that that ended up working out pretty well. Yeah, right. I, I love Devers, so it wasn't really selling. It was more about reaching for Devers, and if, and if I didn't get him, that would have got him in, in my third main. Um, but um, I, I getting Robert probably five or six picks past ADP in round three, I, I would have been all over him at that price. Um, so it's funny how sometimes just little things that go your way. And make a big difference and um, on 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 the, on the result of the team. Right, it, it it's funny how they work out like that sometimes. That uh, you know, um, it's just that's just the way it is. But you know, Robert, it, it's just he's just so much fun to watch. You just watch him play, and it's just like when he when he hits the ball, the ball just explodes off his bat. Um, Seems to be like a little you know, a little, uh, running a little less fluid than he was previously, but, uh, yeah, he seems to be putting all the concerns aside that, you know, um, I'm surprised he made it back. Is like an out tag team league with me and Jenny Butler. I was definitely like, all right, well, we're going to have to drop this guy. And, uh, we did, you know, and, yeah. um, <laughs> it was one of those things, but I just didn't think he was coming back, you know, um, uh, that's just a mistake at, that you know cut cut in with him but uh, i, I yeah. would have done the same and the, the one thing with robert for next year is like he had in the minors in 2019 i think 550 plate appearances or so uh 2020 was the short season so 227 this year he's probably going to be around well like 350 or so um if you add up his his rehab so how much if you're taking a guy i don't know where he's going to go probably around the same price third round um like how confident do you feel that he can get 
650 plate appearances next year when he's never done it. So, um, right. like, even if he's healthy, it, there's just something about being able to play 150 games in the majors. Um, some players just seem to always have little nagging injuries, and I usually feel better about drafting a guy if I know he's he's done it before and he can he can play 150 games. And Robert has has never done that, so obviously he's young. He can he can do it, but um, for for me, I'll I'll discount him a little bit because because of that because he's he's never done it before. And I think and Jeff Zimmerman in in, in the book uh, the process talks about that about guys who've. Um, his art, I think it's mainly about skills, but I think it applies to, to, to playing time as well. Um, guys, guys who've done it before are, are more, more likely to do it again. Got it. That makes sense. Uh, Steve, who do you like for uh, next year between the two players? Probably Tucker. I think it's a good comp. Like looking at the rest of the season projections are almost identical. And I know those, I'm sure they haven't factored in like aging curves and stuff yet, but both pretty young. I think I'd take Tucker though. Um, Probably a little bit safer bet for playing time. Still better discipline, lower strikeout rate, even though Robert's improved. Um, so I think I'd go Tucker. The, I'm looking at the Astros lineup. Like the one one knock against Tucker is he's, you know, I think seventh. But I think they're losing a couple players, so maybe he gets to move up next year. And I think I know Correa's free agent. I think Brantley maybe also. So that might even it out a little bit uh, in terms of those counting stats. So I think I'd take Tucker at this point. Yeah, that's a good point about him just mostly hitting at the, you know, in the lower half of the lineup this year. Um, definitely has afforded him some runs for sure. Um, got to 73 ribbies, uh, not too bad, uh, but 12 stolen bases for Tucker this year. But yeah, I, I, I think Robert, you know, um, has definitely shown a little more contact ability maybe than we thought was, and his, his strikeout rate at 22% isn't not bad but uh i think i feel the same way with tucker um i feel like like what you said bill about playing time it definitely makes sense um but i don't the i kind of think that they both of these players might rise up you know higher than the third round like you need to have a chance to creep into like the mid seconds at all or is that too high seems high um yeah. I mean, I know Tucker has missed some time, but I have him as hitter number 30. Um, if I adjust for playing time, he probably moves up to, I don't know, maybe 20, 25. Um, so there, there's, it, it's going to be weird because a lot of the top guys, we don't know. Um, they, I guess it won't affect Tucker's ADP, but guys like Acuna, um, we don't know when he's going to come back to Tease. He's going to have, he's like, he's going to have the shoulder surgery. So, it's going to go lower. Um, and a lot of guys that produced value this year, like um, Starling Marte is hitter number five in my rankings, um, but he's getting older. He's going to go high as well, but uh, not the best example. Say Whit Merrifield, hitter number seven, but is his draft price really going to go up compared to this year? Maybe a little bit, but you're not going to take Whit Merrifield in the middle of the second round, so um who else is up there cedric mullins is ninth but you're not going to take mullins that high simeon is 10th um i don't think he goes ahead of tucker um bunch of guys like that olsen goldschmidt are both ahead of tucker in terms of value this year but they're, they're not going to go higher than him so um yeah 
maybe late second. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think his value changes much compared to last year. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. I feel like naturally um, everyone would be inclined to make, you know, forecast like linear growth that he's, you know, going to get better. And he's, you know, I don't know. I feel like uh, sometimes a, a lot of the draft room moves like that, like um, just thinking, well, he was 30 last year. So, you know, I'm going to bump him up a little bit this year, you know? Yeah. Um, what about, I want to talk about two shortstop, Trey Turner, Bo Bichette. They're pretty much identical in value this year, I think. Um, who do you guys like better for next year? Steve, you want to go first on this one? Uh, Trey, for me, pretty easy, I think. Yeah. yeah I project him. I mean, I, I wouldn't project them at all, but I assume the projections will have him for a higher average and more steals. Um, and that's probably the most important thing at that point. He's done it a little bit longer. I think he'll be a nice, uh, nice solid there and then like middle of the first round maybe early first round yeah i think trey is going to be i mean you can make an argument for first overall in in the early drafts um maybe second after otani but um tatis you don't know with the shoulder um vlad doesn't provide speed Hold on. So. Let's, let's do the let's save that for our all right our 2015 I mean, sorry, I'll sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, oh. I, I'll I'll keep it short. I'd say Turner definitely top five. Bichette probably more like mid to late first. Hmm. Okay. All right. So he's creeping into the first. All right. All right. So so let's let let's go through the ADP um of this year's main event top fifteen. And let's talk about if you think about this player is going to be in the top 15 again next year. Are we talking main event 2022 or like early DCs? Um, what would you like to do? Let's do main. Main event? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Main All to right. main. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, because, yeah, All right. that, that makes sense. All right. So, Jake DeGrom. No. No. Yeah, Steve? I, I say no. Obviously, it just comes down to health, but my guess is it'll be enough question marks. I mean, there's a, uh, a non-zero chance that we know for sure he's just out for the year, like 20 or 30% chance or something like that. Right. At least. And then um, there's also a decent chance that he's, there's questions that he hasn't had the surgery yet or anything, but there's enough questions. So I'm going to say no. That was the main reason for my question. I think in, in early DCs, I think he's going to go mid to late first to the upside. But I think in mains, I'd be I, I think there's a better than fifty percent chance that we don't see him in spring training ramping ramping up and being able to go um, five six innings in in spring. Um, I unless he has like a surgery or I don't know. It it just doesn't seem like he's gonna be ready to go next year. Um, I, All right. I have a bad feeling about him. Ronald Lacuna Jr. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I think even if the prognosis in spring is he's going to miss a month, I think he's still worth a late first round pick. Okay, that's fair. Plus possible DH maybe, you know, he can come back and not play the outfield immediately. Yeah. What about Tatis? 
Yeah. Yeah. Even if he has a shoulder surgery, right? We're going right back in with him. No question. Yeah. Juan Soto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tough one. Barely, I think. People barely don't. for you or barely by consensus? <laughs> <laughs> I think barely for consensus. Really? Well, because in, in the People first round, there's going to be, what, five starting pitchers roughly usually? Yeah. So is Soto a top 10 hitter? I mean, everyone thought so this year. I mean, you've yeah. got Otani. Oh, well, I guess I'll, I just I don't want to name, name them all because I'm going to ruin the, the thing we're doing here. But no, go ahead. Otani, Vlad. Otani, gonna... Tatis, Vlad, Trey, Bichette, um, J-Ram, um, Devers, you can make a case for. Um, who? Bryce Harper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I probably won't go ahead of Soto. Um, maybe. I guess they're they're kind of similar. Um, because Soto hasn't been hitting the home runs, and he does. He he never had the jump in speed. I think the reason he was going so high this is because people were expecting expecting him to steal more bases. Um, right. and he hasn't done that. So I think we have to sort of realize that he's probably a 10 to 12 stolen base guy. And for those guys to go in the first round, um, like Trout was going, what, six, seven, based on expecting 10 to 12 stolen bases. And I don't think Soto's on Trout's level. Um, now it's different with the injuries, but um, in, ter- in terms of hitter, um, Acuna, I didn't say, I didn't name yet. Um, who am I forgetting? Yeah. Plus, I like 10 hitters, probably put him in that 8 to 10 range. So mm-hmm. maybe pick 12, 13, 14, somewhere around there. Interesting. Things are getting juicy. Um, <laughs> Garrett Cole's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. yeah. Mookie Becht, that's a good one. Oh. I'll say, I don't know. I think yes. It's weird like... <laughs> Most of these people, I think, are going to go at the very end of the first round. They obviously can't all go at the end of the first round. So I'm not sure. Um, a few of them will you know, fall to the second. That's what will depend on um, health, obviously. But I think there's a lot of name value there. There's a lot of potential still, I'd say. I can see him getting into that that last you know, five picks of the first round. Yeah. Come main event. It's interesting. He's an interesting case. I'm going to just... Um, I feel like he does this every other year. It goes through like an injury or like a little bit of a slumpy year and he comes down a little bit in draft time and he ends up being a top five bat. Uh, Mike Trout. I think so. He shouldn't, but he might. Yeah, I think he will. (laughs) I think people are going to get to like pick 14 and they're going to say to themselves, like I can get Mike Trout, you know, yeah, like 14. I, I, I think you're right. I think Trout and Betts are like one, two turn guys. Um, that in some drafts going to go up to pick 12, and then in others, they're going to start slipping and go down to pick, I don't know, 19, 20. There'll be teams that take them both and win, yeah, the 2018 fantasy baseball championship. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. 
Um, <laughs> Trey Turner, we already had that. Shane Bieber. No. Because mm. mm-hmm. I don't think he... I don't think they'll bring him back. Actually, he he's on his way. He pitched a, like thirty six pitch bullpen. I think he might come back. Um, it depends what he does over the next month. If he shows he's healthy and that the the sticky stuff is is behind him, then yeah. But there, there's there's performance questions and coming off the injury. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to imagine him doing enough. Yeah, the right. Last month to get up there. I mean, he's got a 125 whip right now. So yeah. his end of the year stats just aren't going to be that great. Mr. Yelich? Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, Jose Ramirez? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lucas Giolito? No. No. Oh, Lucas. Trevor Story? No, because he's going to go elsewhere. So, boom. You Darvish. No. No. Trevor Bauer. (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. So, yeah. So, we had a lot of no's. So, um, that's interesting. I can't wait to see what. uh, How many many yeses do we have? Uh, We had Acuna, Tatis, Soto, Beth, what kind of trout, what kind of. Iffies, I guess, right? So that was like that. I put put a yes for Soto. (laughs) So that would be five, Cole six, Trey Turner seven, Ramirez eight. So eight. All right. And then we have Bueller jumping in. Bueller. Um, Burns. It's 10. Otani, Vlad, you said, right? 11, 12. Woodruff. Woodruff's got to be up there. Close, yeah, right? Woodruff, I agree. Bichette, uh, um, yeah. Bichette. and I think Starling is going to jump in there. Boo, wow. No. Man, even with the, uh, the old man with the on, on a per uh, – I, I, my, my formula is maybe jump uh, boost um, play appearance. Uh, sorry, stolen bases a little bit too much. But on a per play appearances basis, um, Tatis is first by far. Actually, no, sorry. Tatis is first. Marte is sec- a close second. And then everyone else is way behind. Wow. So if, if Tatis and, and make, probably don't expect them to steal 50 bases again next year, but um, just having a first round guy they can project for 35 or 40 stolen bases. Um, with uh, with the average, it's I think it's going to jump in there. Yeah, the age doesn't seem to be stopping him right now. He's just he's been running like crazy man since he went to Oakland. Um, Marte or Soto? Hmm. Starting Marte or or Soto next year? Oh, for me, I I probably I probably go with the average and the steals and Marte. Yeah. Probably the same way. Yeah. Soto. We have to look. I feel like have stolen bases been as much? Are they down as much as they were anticipated? Like I haven't looked at that kind of across the lake. My teams have been doing better on steals than they have in previous years. So I'm going to just kind of left out and not been tuning in as much of the, of the scarcity here. If it is a struggle, 
Uh, I think I'd probably take Soto um, with a solid base and take Marte. I don't know. What do you I'm guys add? I have a question about Soto. You know, like the like the thing he does at the plate when he does those fancy moves. Do you think he does the like all day long? You think he does that in regular day life? I think like he has to, right? There's no way you can just be that person just when you're batting. These are uh, these are the things I think about when I watch baseball. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you expect me to answer to that. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, what about uh, Freddie Freeman? When I was, that was right. the, at, the, at the 15th. Like, I mean, he's late first. He had the turn basically this year. And he's done kind of the exact same thing again. Yeah. Right. I, can, I, I can see pictures. I can imagine people. If people are really worried about steals again, then yeah, I can see someone. Like, grab, the, like Freeman Martin always goes late first, early second, because, you know, his – his his bat is safe, gonna safe average, uh, pretty good power, but he'll get you five to ten steals. And I feel like and Nolan Arenado was the same um, when he was in Colorado. So that's why I, when that's when I was saying maybe for Soto, for me he's the same. I think he has to be put in that same category now that we we've seen that this the, the stolen bases probably aren't there and they likely won't be. So. Um, that late first, early second. That's where I put all those guys. The the Freeman Soto, um, Trout probably the same thing. Yeah, um, Judge in the same range. All those those power bats with with good average, but but five to ten stolen bases. Like the Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Oscar's got got a little bit more speed. Yeah, uh, and he doesn't have the, the name value as, as the other guy, so he's gonna go probably early third, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's I'll probably be in on Teoscar again because I've liked them the last two years, and <laughs> um, yeah, I'll probably not, like him again next year. It's not to like, all right? So that's interesting. That's gonna be an interesting, um, interesting uh, look into next year, possibly. But you know yeah, the most under the radar guy, I think. Um, Jorge Polanco. Yeah, seriously. I have him on a bunch of teams, and then when I did my, when I just looked at the the ranking of the player values for this year, I saw him as my twenty third best hitter, and I was shocked. Like I knew he was having a decent year, but I didn't think he was doing that well. Um, right. I mean, you got to think, with the exception of like Cedric Mullins, um, I don't know. Brian Reynolds, Jesse Winker, right? Who else was guys going right past pick 200 that have been putting up monster seasons like him? Yeah, yeah. Austin Riley, I guess another yeah. guy. Who's Chris going Taylor pick. is another one who's going pretty late. Not not as late. Um, who is that? Uh, Chris Taylor. Right, yep. Um, but yeah, you're right. And Polanco is ahead of... It, it seems like more people are talking about Riley than, than Polanco. It just seems like he's under the radar, but he's hitting 272 with 24 home runs and 10 stolen bases um, and 79 runs and 78 RBI. So he's, wow. he's really five category, category, category guy. Um, Seriously. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that in, in most of my um, draft champions that I, I went the, the either his route or Marcus Simeon oh, yeah. instead of going for, for, for the early shortstops. Um, no, I feel good about making those moves. 
Uh, could they both Where do you great? think um, Sal Perez goes? He's going to go in the third. Yeah? I think so. He's hitter um, 24 without oh. the catcher boost. Without the catcher boost. And, like, if I look up, um, who's the second best catcher? Is it uh, JTR, Will Smith, or? Will Smith, JTR, Ocean Calculator. The, the fan graph says Perez, Smith, Will Muto. Um, okay, so, yeah. So, Will Smith is hitter 79. And Sal is, I said what he was, 24. Yep. Like, the gap between the two is the same as the gap between like Otani and Freddie Freeman. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Uh, so uh yeah, I think uh, yeah, I wonder if he'll get he's in give me Sal in early third. Uh <laughs> yeah. Top just three figure out where to get stolen bases, but um like he just obviously gonna be some some regression, but um, getting the guy that's by far the best catcher. Um, I mean, he could probably go sneak into late second in some drafts. Whoa. Hope Toby's ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed like JTR was going there. I think Sal yeah. been more dominant this year than, than JTR has been. Right, right. The power uh, output has been But you phenomenal. just don't get the stolen bases, but you have to find a way to, to get them somewhere. Um, yeah. I wonder, is there... I wonder if there's more variance on catcher like ADP than other positions because there's a lot of people that just are not going to take a catcher early, right? Yeah. And then there's people that if you just use a if you just use a standard positional bump, then they're huge values. Like he'll he'll definitely be a second round value for sure. You just you know do it go straight by the numbers. So it seems like there'd be people who want to jump in really early. Um, and then I guess if you get, I guess there's always going to be someone to grab them for too long, but there are definitely are those never catcher early people. Yeah, no. that's probably what's going to stop him from from going in the second round. But I think I think my standard catcher boost is probably is four SGP, and if I do that, he's he's hitter number four, uh, but behind Otani, Tatis, and, and Vlad for this year. So it, I don't think people really like we we know he's been good, but doing it at the catcher position, um, it's awesome, makes him like yeah, like those four guys are fantasy MVP for for hitters and. Everyone talks about Otani, Vlad, and Tatis, but Sal um, doing it as a catcher is huge. It's so huge. Sal P. Interesting to see top three catchers off the board or the top three catchers right now. So, And okay. Sal was probably one of my biggest misses because I'm a catcher early guy, but I have zero shares of him. Um, a bunch of JTR and, and Wilson Contreras, but zero Sal. And that kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only have one Sal. I have one Sal. TGFBI have Sal and GTR because uh, I don't know why that happened. Um, but I got them at both way past their main event ADPs. But uh, yeah, it's great when you don't have to have a catcher all year. Yeah, yeah. And have the top two ones. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Pod deck time. Oh, I forgot about that. Hope you guys are ready. I've been giving the Todd Whitestone the treatment, and I'm excited to bring it out for some other guests. So, <laughs> Phil, I have one set aside for you. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you two first. So, 
if you could sing a duet with anyone, who would it be? Carrie <laughs> <laughs> uh, Underwood. Ah, all right, all right. I didn't know if it was going to be Carrie Underwood or, or Adele, but okay. All right, that's that's a good one. I'll go. I like the Carrie Underwood pick. It's, uh, do you have a song in mind or no? No, no, no I'll pass on that. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. All right, Steve, I have one for you. Would you rather have your head be too big for your body or hands that are too small for your size? <laughs> So they're too small for your size, like aesthetically, like it look, you look weird, right? But they're yeah. still functional. Like they're still. It's functional to the, you know, to the, to whatever its capacities are. Yeah. You might not be able to grip an apple, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's functional. I think, I think I go for the two small hands then because there's always pockets in a lot of situations. <laughs> <It's always pockets. laughs> Put my hands in my pockets. Uh, and they're probably you can get lifts and shoes. Could you probably get gloves? Like like stuff your gloves to make your hands look a little. little okay, yeah. Could you want to boost up your hand appearance? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But you, there's no heart in your head. <laughs> Good point. Stuff the fingertips with like, oh my god, this is funny. All right, here we go. These are gonna be two fresh ones. All right. All right, Phil. What is the scariest sound you could hear in the middle of the night? <laughs> uh, it's going to be a boring answer. I'm going to say my kid screaming. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty scary, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It could be a nightmare. It could be something real physical. So yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Good answer. All right. Steve, if you could have anything named after you, what would you want it to be? Draft champions? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say like the, <laughs> the, 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 like the main event for making this like incredible comeback and beating Phil this year <laughs> from that, down two thousand points or something with, with six weeks to go. Um, but that'd be a little too mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay on theme. I'll say, like, you know, if I were to, like, somehow win multiple draft champions or whatever, then they'd, just, they'd have no choice but to name it after me. I like that. Sure, yeah. I like you know how, how uh, Lindy has the, the, the main and oh, yeah. online championship bonus, the 75000 I I want something like that named after me. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's not going to have the ring as the Lindy. I know. <laughs> Because I, I was just watching Old School with Rodney Dangerfield. I don't know if you've ever seen that guy, uh, that movie. But he, he does, he goes back to school when he's like, you know, in his 50s and he, he does a jump off the diving boards and it's called the Triple Lindy. Uh, but anyway, the Lindy has a cool ring to it. I guess they just call it the Phil. Yeah. Or, or the robot. Uh-huh. I, I um, guess it's just what comes with it. But I mean, I, like anything, like having a street named after you or a park is kind of cool. Right. Right, go right. Buy the song and take pictures, and I don't know. Or a bench. Maybe a bench is more realistic. Maybe a what? I think you need to aim higher. A bench. Yeah. A bench at a park. Yeah, yeah. Like you just have to donate a little bit of money, and you say like this bench was donated by Phil. Uh, this, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I would like to have like the, you know, like um Pull Hitter Stadium or yeah. Pull Hitter Park, you know, like and maybe like a even a minor league stadium named after me. Like, like two fifty cool. down the lines. Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. Easily. There's only half the field. There's only center field and over. I know I want you to have like if it's Pull Hitter Stadium, it should be like two hundred feet down the lines, like five hundred to center. Yep. And the foul lines go all the way into the stands. <laughs> oh man. So oh, that was fun. All right. So it's the um Phil, we're gonna have um we're gonna pick out because I don't know if the if the listeners know, but Steve Weimer has the best collection of team names in the NFPC around, and they are just amazing. He usually takes a combination of, of his players and combines them into one word, or he just it's just movie show related but there's a bunch of them there's a bunch of them so many of them i um you know definitely encourage you to go to nfbc if you know where to find the history and look at the team name so phil what is your favorite steve weimer team name all right the the runner-up was the grola um, it has to be the grom and nola and even, <laughs> even like we talked about this when i want to talk about jacob the grom like people say the goat for me is the grola just because it it's it seems to <laughs> roll <out. It> <laughs> uh, but the winner was darlito it just seems like <laughs> darling but in italian like you say hey, darlito come here <laughs> it- <laughs> I don't know. When I read that, I just cracked up. It, it I, I liked it. Dolito's way instead of Carlito's way. Oh, I like it. Yeah, that's 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 solid right there. I, um, I have a couple that I really like. I I like Why Always Boris because that's from The Wire and that's a classic line. But I really, <laughs> oh man, Kiki McSquirmy is a really good one too um tarantula squid that's 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 super right there but my favorite one was hold on a second let me find it let me find it <laughs> it's got those days <laughs> what was that i didn't hear anything got those de España. Classic names. I really have to step up my team name game. It's just pull hitter, and it's just it's boring. And uh, I get I I have to try something like this next year. This is this is fun. I see like a whole bunch of funny team names when I look through Fab and whatever, and it's just uh, it's cool to see. I had uh, I think it was or two years ago. I had, I had the hoof hearted. Yeah. The the horse uh, name. Um, yes, you did from from the uh, i just found the video on youtube and i'm like a child inside and i thought that was hilarious um <laughs> i thought it was hilarious because i went back and was randomly looking at my nfbc history and i looked at the very first league i played in with the second chance league and i pulled up the standings and i came in third with 76 and a half points and you came in first with 92 and a half points and i never knew up until today like i think that's what the cool say i was to the I was today years old when I found out that I actually played in a league with you in my very first time in the NFBC. So that's pretty random. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Which, and then I went down, you know, I saw the draft. You picked Acuna at seven. I picked Nolan Arenado ninth. 
Jesus Christ. Um, how things change, huh? I picked the Grom in the second, and then you, you know who you picked? You picked uh, Blake Snell in the middle of the second. No, and third was Strasburg, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I just remember that league. I said I'd go Acuna early to get the stolen bases, and then I got a bunch of pitchers because I wouldn't. As I was like a, a twelve team league, so I was thinking I'll, I'll load up and starting pitchers, and then just stream hitters. Um, but I think all my starting pitchers end up getting hurt, or a bunch of them got something happened, and I, I still ended up winning because I got I forgot, but I got some good late picks. But um, I'm usually good in that in those second chance leagues because people overreact to a month of stats. Um, and I just sort of stuck with like Acuna dropped to seventh because he, he had a bad month of April. I think what in that drop, Josh Bell went like 30 something, right? Um, just cause he, he had a crazy month of April, but he went 34th. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's when, wow. when you look back at those, that's when you realize that people overreact in season to a month or a month and a half of stats. Yeah, seriously. Wow, that's pretty fascinating. But anyway, that's uh, I thought that was cool. I learned that today. And, uh, I had no idea. I had no idea we were in the same league, our first league. So, but uh, all right, I don't want to take off up any more of you guys' time. Appreciate you coming on. Um, Guys, do you want to talk about anything else before we leave? Nope. Just uh, going to be four and a half weeks of really nervous watching baseball. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is it. it it's, I know. It, it's sad because it's the end of baseball. It's the end of summer. So many things are coming to an end in my life that I do truly treasure. So, um, you know. In October, when everything stops, just uh, drop me a message, you know, make sure I'm, I'm still happy and living. Um, but yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, talking to baseball. Um, and um, yeah, good luck the rest of the way. And uh, that's it. Let's do it. TCS. <laughs> Later, Steve. Alrighty, folks, that will conclude this episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for anyone who took a, about 20 to 80 seconds to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Truly appreciate it. Makes everyone who's interested in fantasy baseball and interested in getting better in fantasy baseball um, easier to find the pod. So, appreciate that. Um, yeah, enjoy your weekend, everyone. Peace out. Don't be a bag of shit. <laughs>